The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Brianna Parkins of the Irish Times is with us because we were very interested in a piece that you wrote recently in which you looked at the question as to whether it is too expensive for a woman to return to work after having a baby. And I say woman because you discovered that in what percentage of cases is it the woman who decides not to return to work? Uh, so in Ireland, this is according to 2019 um, data from the CSO. We don't have any anything more up to date yet. It could have changed with the pandemic. It might have changed. We might be seeing more stay-at-home dads, but it was 94%. So that tells us that overwhelmingly women are making the choice to stay home with their children. Um, we don't exactly know why they're staying home. Um, the reason that this topic came up was the question of if it's worth it to go back to work after you have a baby has been floated on on lots of podcasts recently. And and as we're sort of experiencing childcare costs rising and the price of living going up and up and up, that lower-waged partner generally happens to be the woman, unfortunately, because that's just how the the pay gap works as well. I thought we were fixing all of that. I've been like, you can't click our fingers and it happens tomorrow. Unfortunately, it is women who who generally tend to earn less than their partner. Um, It's... There was a, a podcaster, she actually is a really influential creator. She's got like over a million followers on different channels. It's called She's on the Money. Very influential uh, podcast and series of channels aimed at women and personal finance. Now, she's not, by Victoria Devine is not by any means a stretch of, you know, women should stay home. She just wants to make informed financial choices. And she costed it out and figured out in Australia. It kind of works out roughly when you subtract uh, the childcare costs and wages. It sort of is on par with here here and there. But she figured out that a woman earning 80,000 Australians, so that's roughly 49,000 euros in Ireland, when you took out tax and childcare and all that jazz, she would only be left with, I think, 9,800 euros out of that. And she just said, look, that's not worth going to work, which is interesting because for some families, yeah, that 9,800, that's everything. Of course, that's a, that's a holiday, that's kids' braces, like you'd be mad not to do it. For other people, they'd be like, is that actually worth the stress of the morning hassles and the tantrums and being separated from my children? Um, but what I found interesting is like, I don't know if that's an adequate calculation. I don't think it's very fair to take the childcare costs out of that woman's wage when actually it's both parents paying for childcare costs. And secondly, that doesn't factor in all the other benefits to work that aren't just immediate salary. So things like pensions, things like um, private health care insurance. insurance, which is a massive one here in Ireland, um, you know, things, uh, share options, career advancement, your earnings over time, how that would be in the workforce would dent that. A break to pension contributions. Exactly. And your PSI, PRSI. Um, so long term, how that affects your state pension if you're going to stay out of the workforce for, for not just, you know, when the kids go to school, but potentially forever. Okay. There has been a phrase used many times over the last couple of decades in this country is that having childcare costs is like having a second mortgage. But a couple of listeners have been in touch since half four when I said you were coming on to do this saying that while the price is an issue, availability is the other issue. That's the thing. I mean, if you can get it, yeah, I mean, you're, you're lucky to have, to be able to pay a second mortgage. I think calculations, uh, last year from the 21 to 22, 
um, financially averaged across the country. Now, this goes up and down depending on whether you're in an urban area. I think it's an extra 18 euro a week if you're in an urban area, but it was like 800 and something, 810 was the average cost of childcare in Ireland. And again, that's if you can get the places. And it's very hard to get childcare if you want to head straight back to work before those ecky years for young babies because the ratios of staff have to be higher. Here's an example. Brianna, it's down to a lack of childcare women are not able to get. I put my little girl down on waiting lists everywhere in Tralee, Kerry, when I was three months pregnant. My baby is 11 weeks old today and I still have no place for January 2024. I mean, it's exactly what I'm hearing in my circle. It seems like you have to... uh put your baby's name down at a childcare placement before you even started thinking about conceiving. That's, you know, before you even, you know, talk about it with your partner or go to the doctor's office to buy supplements, they want you to have your name down. So it's a range of uh, different things. But I do think when it comes to making that decision, and no decision is right. It's like the question, should I even have children? It's highly dependent on the families, but it's about having the knowledge about what you might miss out on if you do stay from home. And that's a comment from another listener says, you have to think long term. Childcare yeah. doesn't last forever. No. And then you were going back into the workforce years later on less pay. Flexibility in the workforce is key, says this listener. Yeah, so there's not a lot of studies about this in Ireland. And I went hunting. I don't know whether we're too small or we don't have the the resources available. But in the US, they found that a woman taking just sort of the bare maternity leave, that's not even, you know, taking years off out of the workforce. She was penalised about 16000 per year off her earnings as her career went on. She was 16000 dollars worse off than her male counterparts who didn't take any time out of their career. That said, I mean, there have been moves this century in Ireland, and I say this century, I'm going back to before the Celtic Tiger years, to equalise the tax system, to make it more advantageous for the second person in a partnership or a couple to actually uh, continue going back to work, to have their own tax allowances. This is the thing. It's interesting. Sometimes you look at the taxation system and you see that the the sort of time and time again, Fiona Redden um, at the Irish Times has sorted this out a couple of times. And it it is the tax system benefits one sort of higher earning partner and a stay-at-home parent with a few kids. They're the people who seem to be able to claw back the most tax. Unfortunately, we've set up a system which favours married couples and having one stay-at-home parent. Okay. What are the solutions to this? I mean, like, that's above my pay grade. If I, <laughs> like, if, if the government would like to pay, like, pay me their special advisor salary, I'd love to help them out. Um, you know, we do have childcare subsidies in place. Now, they're means tested. I ran the numbers for the system then. If I was to put a one-year-old, if I, you know, a couple earning 70 grand after tax, which isn't huge, you know, especially in Dublin anymore, unfortunately, and the cost of living crisis. And if you put a full-time one-year-old into childcare, now that's pre-ecky, so you don't get your three, your free three hours a day, you would be only clawing back, I think it was $1.40 on the hour, which is nothing compared to childcare costs. So you'd need to really rethink the child subsidy scheme. You'd need to put in place, I think, they already have a really good uh, unpaid parental leave system. So a dad can take 26 you know, weeks off his career at any point in time. I really think we need to equalise and be able to let men take paid maternity leave and let them share a little bit more in it to sort of make sure that one parent isn't having to bear the burden. I made the comment earlier about it being a second mortgage. Of course, as listeners point out quite correctly, many of those with childcare cases uh, costs are unable to get a mortgage in the first place these exactly. days. So they're paying more rent than they would be paying probably in a mortgage if they could find somewhere to buy. 
Uh, so that then, does that lead to many people actually now doing the calculations in advance and deciding not to have children? Or could it be that in many cases it just sort of comes up and surprises them when they've actually had the baby? I mean, I do, I can, I can only speak in my, co- my cohort and we're in our 30s and definitely people are putting off children because they can't even buy a house yet. And the thought of being, being able to go for a mortgage with a dependence, with the childcare costs and knowing that one pa- partner is going to take some time off and be on maternity leave, banks won't, get, won't give you a mortgage basically. So you need to sort of buy the house and then have children. So that date is getting pushed further and further and further back. But there is another point of view expressed by one listener who says the reason a lot of women stay home is because they want to. They want to be there for all of the days of their children's lives that pass so quickly. Sometimes all the benefits of working outside the home as in pension and healthcare still don't match being with your children. The fixation on getting women back to work ignores the fact that for many women, being a mammy is what they want to do and work outside the home will wait until their family is ready. I mean, that's what feminism is about. It's about choices, but it's about making informed choices. And if you go into this blindly and go, well, I'm just going to stay home and my partner's going to take care of me and no matter what, that's not how the world works. There will be couples that split up. Um, you will be worse off. Yes, you can go after your, your your partner's pension eventually, but that depends on how a judge finds. You're better off having your own, to be honest. It's harder to get back into the workforce um, if you've spent you know, 10, 15 years out. And also a lot of women go unrecognised. Um, I spoke to Carol Brick from Her Money. She's brilliant. She comes from a rural background herself and found that women who are most hard done by in terms of coming to her for financial advice are rural women. These are women who raise their kids and work on their family farm, but they're not officially salaried. And so they miss out on their pensions and they miss out on a lot of things, even though they've actually essentially double jobbed. And one final comment from listener. I had a woman last year who offered to babysit my four kids for €500 a week. I had an office job coming out with €380 a week after tax. I had to leave my job. This is true. And we're seeing this. um, We saw this in the pandemic. We saw 13 million women drop out of the workforce in the US alone, many because they could not um, get childcare. Obviously, childcare places were shut down and then then money basically fees rocketed. And what we're seeing is a lot of women in that thirty dollars to $40,000 job bracket with jobs they love. And it doesn't really matter about the money because... There, those 30, 30 to 40,000 a year jobs, they could grow to 70K jobs by the end of their, their careers. Unfortunately, they're being asked to drop out of the workforce for that short-term pain. Listen, says, none of this is new. We were in the same situation 30 years ago, both working, trying to pay a mortgage and childcare. It knocked us back for years. Listener, I understand that. Been through it myself. But do we not try and improve things as we move through the generations? Thank you, Brianna Parkins from the Irish Times. <laughs> The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.